Ever have a conversation with your girlfriend that was so good you wish it had been recorded? Think those conversations would be great to be able to share? Wondering if there's support or research for the recommendations your smart girlfriends give you about mental, spiritual, and physical health? This podcast was born to answer those kinds of questions. Hello, I'm Sherry Coleman-Collins, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist, and here with me in the studio is my girlfriend, Dee Wilson. We're excited to have you joining us today for this edition of the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Dee, how are you today? I am awesome and very excited about our guest today. Yay, I am too. Dee, I am so excited to be talking about this topic. I think the guest is the icing and the topic is the meat. I mean, it is a little bit of a scary topic, right? Because we're talking about fear. And fear really is, I think, a universal human experience. Absolutely. We've all felt that. Yeah. So whether it's heights or public speaking or first dates or death, we all experience fear. The thing is, do we let fear determine our fate or do we press into it in faith? So today's guest is someone who knows a lot about fear and faith. In fact, she wrote the book about it. <laughs> Lakeisha Poole is the founder of Jack of All Trades Media. She works as a writer and public relations consultant, crafting compelling content that sparks change and connects people. But she's so much more than that. She's also an amazing author and a speaker. And she is, um, I think, somebody who encourages me to be brave and overcome my own fear. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. Lakeisha, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. So as we sort of dive into this topic, I thought it would be good to start with, um, maybe if you could tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. So take us through a little bit of your journey. Sure. Well, you know, as you said, I'm a writer. And for me, writing is how I figure out life. It's how I figure out myself. It's how I work through any type of ideas or fear that I have. And I've always considered myself an expert as it relates to fear. <laughs> I was a shy child. I, you know, you were not shy. I was, I still am shy. I still get very nervous. I'm still, you know, very hesitant to speak. And so, um, faith beats fear came out of this idea of me trying to work through that. And so when I decided to write the book, um, it was me just trying to figure it out. I feel like all my life I've been told you got to have faith. You need to have faith. But nobody tells you how that happens. How do you walk that out? Yeah. How, how, like? how do you, I mean, do I just like grit my teeth and just hope for the best or do I just fake it? How does, how does that work? And so I set out to figure out how faith can come alive in a real and tangible way, um, knowing that we all face it in our, in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you have a t-shirt on today that I know you're selling, and I love the shirt, and I've got to order one for myself, but it says, faith it till you make it. Absolutely. So tell me about that. Because let me tell you, first of all, like growing up for me, fake it till you make it, I'm not kidding, was like a mantra. Not even in my really? whole family. Oh, yeah. It was all about like, you put on a happy face and you do it. You just do it. You do it. And you, the longer you do it, the better you get at it. Which well, is not ideal. It, it's not. And and I feel like that's what I was taught as well. Yeah. You know, as women, you know, you they tell you, don't let them see you cry or, yeah. or don't let them see you get upset. And so what I feel like we use, um, we, we fake it yeah. as a coping mechanism. But the challenge is the longer you fake it, you you begin to, you know, 
you forget that you're faking it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you 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 don't realize that you're putting on this facade for everyone. And so you begin to believe maybe I am superwoman and I can do everything and be everything to everybody. But then why do I feel so bad? Yes. Exactly. exactly. And so um, I tried to turn that on its head by saying faith it till you make it because faith requires surrender. Yeah. dependence. Um, I'm not a superhero and I'm okay with it. And mm-hmm. I'm happy to admit that I get scared sometimes and I'm okay with admitting that. So yeah. that's where that term came from. I love it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. And it is, I think it's a great reminder. Um, I love t-shirts and <laughs> mugs and things <laughs> like that. And placards. And, you know, I'm the worst about putting it on a sticky note and sticking it up so I can see it to remind me. I love the t-shirt. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely in on that. Well, I think, you know, as we think about faith and fear and the intersection of those things, I think, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about how maybe in your life you've seen God use your faith to overcome your fear. Some specifics, maybe. Well, I I think fear is sort of the thing that activates my faith. Um, And I I believe that God, he, he understands that Fear is just a part of our human nature. I mean, if you read the Bible, it it says all the time, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous over and over again, the different people that God has um, given a task to. And so I think that he recognizes that. But I I also think that typically we're taught when you start getting scared to stop or to hesitate. I have began to condition myself to use fear as my engine. Mm-hmm. It's um, the signal to go, yeah. to start, um, to keep moving forward. Um, and I, specifically in my life, um, my biggest fear is uh, the fear of being broke. Mm. And so I think yeah. it's ironic that God gave me this mission to be a writer and an entrepreneur. Um, there's nothing um, secure financially about stepping out on faith to, to start your own business, right. and particularly being a writer. You you hear all the time being a star artist and all those different things. And so um, me walking in this path of entrepreneurship and writing is a daily choice to trust in God to provide for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a daily choice to be uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, being certain in Christ in uncertain circumstances, because I really don't know what will happen day to day. And, you know, the, the, here's the thing. The fear doesn't go away. You know, as I said, I, I grew yeah. up shy. And I, and I think that we have this perfectionist tendency where we want to be fearless. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that's possible. I always tell people, I my goal is to help you fear spaceless. So you can't, you know, if you keep reaching for this level of being completely fearless, you're setting yourself up again for failure and disappointment. Right. And it's just that whole cycle. So specifically in my life, you know, this this walk and this journey as an entrepreneur, God continually shows up. Every time a door is closed, every time a client says, sorry, we don't need your help anymore, another one shows up. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunities that he continues to bring into my life. I love that. And I think, you know, God does. I think that God's timing is so perfect and his provision is so perfect. And, it, and a lot of times we may not see abundance right away in the in the way that the world thinks we should see abundance. Right. Instead of seeing abundant money or, re, or financial resources, what we may experience is an abundance of faith as we take those steps. And I think that you know, maybe that leads to financial success. Maybe that leads to fame or whatever it is that the world might see, but maybe it doesn't. And even if it doesn't, we should be good with that, right? Absolutely. 
Well, I'm just like, you know, in the the times where I've been afraid to do something, I just hear what I call the Holy Spirit whispering to me, but he's never left you. Yeah. He's never, you've never been without the things that you've needed. There have been times that you've been without the things that you may have wanted, yep. but has there ever been a time when you've been without the things that you absolutely needed? Yeah. No, we'll just do it. Yeah. And yeah. It's going to be okay. He's yeah. got you. Oh, I love that. It doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable, but he's <laughs> exactly. got you, you yep. know? Yep. I love in the book, um, and I made just a quick note to myself about something that you wrote in the book and near the beginning, and you're talking about, let me see, you were talking about from the book of Timothy, Second Timothy, it says, God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but he gives us power, love, and a sound mind, Second Timothy 1, 7. And then you go on to talk about how tricky fear is. But I love this statement. And to me, this was so um, encouraging about just about the importance of of having faith and not letting fear dominate us. If we allow it to overwhelm us, the fear, our gifts will go dormant and unused. And that to me is even more sad than being afraid. I'm scared of that happening. (laughs) Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, I, I see it happen all the time, you know kids, I would say the inspiration for that, I find it in children Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of times we discover our gifts at an early age. I discovered writing when I was in fourth grade. That's when I actually self-published my first book (laughs) when I was (laughs) in elementary school. And, you know, children, they have these dreams of, of wanting to do things. A lot of times it could be in the arts or something that adults say, oh, that's not realistic. But we, we we don't allow them to continue to grow in that skill and in that gifting. And so I feel like a lot of adults are walking around here without using those gifts because somebody told them you can't make anything of it mm-hmm. or you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so that gift could be the very thing that gets them the abundant life. That gift mm-hmm. could be that thing that could make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big vision person. I feel like I need for you to use your gift to make my life better. Mm-hmm. And if I use my <laughs> gift, I can make your life better. And so uh, that statement is just sort of my call to action. Like, hey, guys, we, we can do this together. Yeah. And when you when you don't operate in your gift, it you know, you forget about it or, you know, you just don't continue to grow as a professional in that because the more you you use it, the better you get at it. Mm -hmm. And see, I struggle with it from the perspective of a parent of a very artistic child. So I have an older son who wants to be a photographer. He is gifted in photography. Um, He has an eye and his pictures are amazing, but I'm like, oh my God, he's going to be sleeping in my basement. But (laughs) I've had to really rein that in and understand that this is how God made him and he has a talent and I have to have faith that he's going to be okay. And for me to not project my own fears Mm -hmm. about what may happen to him in his future onto him in a way that limits what he will do with his gift. Mm It's, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, because you have no idea where it could go, right? We tend to only think of, you know, photography or even writing as this one, you know, like you write a book. I didn't know corporations pay people to write stuff. 
I had no idea about that. And so I write books and I enjoy doing that. But I also enjoy telling, you know, the stories of everyday people, individuals, you know, writing bios. I didn't know people got paid to do that. Really? And and it's crazy because we're surrounded by words and somebody has to write this stuff. (laughs) And so, you know, that's that's. I think you have to find that balance in, you know, if somebody has a gift, especially a child, nurturing it and letting them figure out mm-hmm. the path, mm-hmm. because it's probably not going to look anything like you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of that, too, is about and you tell me what you think, but I think some of that, too, is about sort of um, managing your expectations of what successful living looks like, Mm -hmm. you know? Does it look like, um, is it okay if that success doesn't mean, um, again, going back to that financial success and what is financial stability anyway, really? You know, if you think about the fact that, and this is from somebody who really is a saver and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty focused on the future, but at the same time, I also know that the future is uncertain, right? Mm -hmm. So we may not make it to, you know, 80 years old or 90 years old or a hundred years old, although I plan to live to be 120. So I don't know about y'all. That's but a good age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I don't make it, I want to know that on this side of glory, I made the investments in the right places mm-hmm. that whether they paid dividends of dollars or not, I still, what I did made a difference in mm-hmm. the world forever, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, I think, you know, as a mom now, my son's four. So, um, and he loves robots today, like tomorrow, it might be something different, but today, like he's on <laughs> solid on fire, amazing, incredibly obsessed with robots and everything about robots. And so there's this part of me that's constantly thinking like, how can I help him do that more? Cause he so loves be it. an engineer. Right. Yeah. Stan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, there's a part of me that could be like, well, this is kind of a silly obsession. Like he needs to be learning his alphabet. He needs to be learning to write his name, but mm-hmm. that's not really what he needs to be learning today. That's not where he's interested. I need to focus on what he's interested in. And it, and it you you're allowing him to have an imagination, right? right? I feel like um, it's important that we give our kids that space because mm-hmm. when we think about imagination, we think oh silly little stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you operate and use that part of your brain, mm-hmm. you're strengthening it, right? And so you can problem solve when you have a great imagination. You can have a vision. Yeah. Um, you can set goals better, you know. Because again, I think because we overemphasize. Uh, some other aspects of education outside mm-hmm. of play and creativity and mm-hmm. imagination, we have this generation of folks who they just can't see beyond what's right in front of them. Right. They can't see beyond the trees. Right. Um, and so it, that is awesome that you're letting him play and he's, <laughs> he's learning. That's the thing. Yeah. He's learning as he's playing. Right. And I think the other, th- the other side of that is I look at this situation and I think to myself, am I extending that same thing to myself? Mm. And how can I, right? How can I allow myself and not be afraid that I'm missing out on something else or afraid that I'm not investing in this place or that place? Or Mm -hmm. how can I allow myself the bandwidth or the space to express that or explore that? That's why they have adult coloring books. (laughs) 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 That's a good question. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as we think about how God can use fear in our lives, you know, I think um, about your journey to Sandersville, right? So you were in Atlanta. Yes. And you were working full time. And then you decided to go back to Sandersville to be with your family. And that was a huge step, right? That was a big step. And, and we said, you decided. I'm like, God decided that. That's, well, tell us <laughs> about that. Told me. Well, it's very interesting. I was um, on my way home, driving down I-20, and 
I just felt this presence or, you know, you need to go home. I'm like, okay, I'm going home. That's where, no, like you need I'm to. I'm like move. 20 minutes from Exactly, the house. right? No, you need to move home. And I started going through all these questions, but like, how am I going to make money? How am I going to live? Um, I love Atlanta. I love my career. I love my um, friends that I made up here. And moving back to my hometown, which is a very small town, sometimes I think it can signal to, po- to folks that you failed. Right. And so they're like, oh, she came back home. She couldn't make it in the big city, you know. And so I started I just had this fear of people judging the reason why I moved back home. And it's funny when I when I would see people, they're like, well, what happened? What went wrong? Or they would ask me if my mom was sick or something like that, because there's no reason why it's automatic. That something <laughs> I would has move, to be wrong. Yeah, I would move back yeah. to a small town. But um, it really again, it was a, it was a step of faith. Um one of the things that I think is is interesting when you read the Bible, God doesn't promise that when you take that step of faith, that it's going to be a smooth transition or that you're not going to have any issues. I mean, he talks about, I'm going to protect you as you go through the fire. So you're not burned. That means that I have to go through fire. It's going to be easy. In fact, he he pretty much says it's going to be hard. Not be easy. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, he says that he will, you know, bless you in dry and deserted lands. And I'm like, okay, so at times it, it, it does feel like I'm in this uncertain place because again, it's a small town. Um, there aren't as many economic opportunities, but somehow God continually provides for me. Um, I'm hoping that I'm inspiring other, you know, younger people to pursue entrepreneurship because that, again, that's not something that's, um, promoted a lot in, in our community. So it, it, it's been an in, interesting, uh, uh, return back home. I've been able to spend a lot of time with family. And I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about abundance. It's not just financial. I have an abundance of time now where I can get to know my aunts. I can spend more time with my mom because we have created lots of memories as we spend more time together. And so I, I'm very happy with my decision. I knew I was going to move back. I just didn't know I was going to move back this soon. <laughs> I thought I was going to retire there. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you on the other side of that lens, like me watching you, I never once thought to myself, like, did something bad happen? Or did she Did she not? I never once thought that. I actually thought to myself, what an amazing step of faith that you're stepping away from what other people would see as like the the traditional, typical, normal path. You that, made it. Right. Kind of somebody place. who's young and in her yeah. career and like chasing the dream. You would be doing that in Atlanta. You'd be doing that in a big city. You'd be, do- But you made the choice to go somewhere else. And to me, that was, I thought that was hugely brave. I didn't think it was failure. To me, looking at that, I thought, wow, what a, what an incredible person she is to make the decision to invest in a different place and take a different road that I think is signaling huge success for you. So, yeah, it's worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, God has a way of doing that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. His success, his view of success isn't necessarily what our view of success is. And sometimes that takes faith, right? It does. And and it, I think a lot of times people have that fear that I had of what people think about me. Right. And um, even with, you know, the book or people, they'll say things like, well, where can I find it in the store? I'm like, it's not everywhere. It's on Amazon. <laughs> but and and initially it would make me feel like, oh, no, I'm a failure because it's not 
on whatever bookstore. I mean, there aren't like an abundance of bookstores around, but when I would get those questions, it would just make me wonder, well, do they think I'm a failure because it's not in the bookstore? And so like, no, I wrote a book, a whole book, a whole book, a couple of them. (laughs) Exactly. And so I think we just have to, when you look at success, a lot of times it's dictated by other people. It's not even something we want. You know, we, we, we're just following this path because our parents or our friends or different people, they've had those hopes for us. And a lot of times those people aren't even doing what they're encouraging us to do. Mm-hmm. And so we have to just dig deep and figure out, okay, is this really what I want to do? And that's not really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to be with my family. Mm-hmm. The scary thing about allowing fear to keep here allowing fear to keep you from doing the thing that you want to do is what if that thing that you're being led to do that you're put here to do is something that no one else can do for you Mm -hmm. or in your place, you know, and then what happens if you don't do it and Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen? You know, I think about a a foundation that I want to start for homeless people and knowing this is something that I've wanted to do for a very long time, but I'm afraid because I'm like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get the funds to do it? How am I going to, how am I going to do all these different things that need to happen in order for this to happen? Well, but if I don't, then what happens to the person that's sleeping on the street? Mm. Yep. So Mm. I can't allow the fear of, I'm not sure I can make it happen to keep me from trying. Exactly. I mean, when you think about the body of Christ and it, you know, there's this metaphor of an actual physical body. That's like, we need you. You may be our eyes. Mm -hmm. So if you're not operating in your purpose and in your gift, we're missing a piece of our body. And um, again, I feel like we all need each other to, to do what we're put here to do so that it can make the world a better, better place. And when you ask like, what happens if I don't do it? I mean, look at our world. We have so many things happening and Mm -hmm. I do feel like that's tied to people not doing what they were put here to do Mm -hmm. and they could have solved a whole lot of problems for us years ago (laughs) if they would have just had that little faith so so think so let's think about like your your best girlfriend like if you were talking to like me you know and and I here I am with a desire to do something but I'm afraid what would be how would you advise me to take the first steps like what are the things let's talk like solid like do this do this do this what are the things that you would say how would you say somebody should get started overcoming a fear that's maybe keep, keeping them from doing something that they should be doing or want to do well first of all i would i would help you identify that you're um experiencing fear i don't think that we recognize it as easily as we think we do, you know, we will say, Oh, I'm just being a realist. Uh-huh. No, you're afraid that you're not going to have enough money. And so whenever I chat with my girlfriends, I'll listen for a while. And then I'll ask, well, why, well, why do you want to do that? And I'll let them talk themselves um, through it. And hopefully we'll again, pull that facade away and uncover what may have been buried because that that that's why fear is tricky is because it looks like reality. Mm-hmm. It it looks true. Mm-hmm. It looks like, you know, you tried it 10 years ago and it didn't work. That means it's not going to work today. And so it's uh, rational. It is. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. But um the, the thing about both fear and faith, they ask you to believe in something that you can't see. And why do we always choose 
fear and believe what fear is telling us. And so the first step is to, again, identify that you're experiencing fear. Um, and I do believe that fear is typically at the root of everything. <laughs> you know, it, It's always at the bottom. The second thing um, that I would encourage you to do is focus on a small action. I think what happens is that we typically bite off way more than we can chew. Like, hey, I want to start a nonprofit. The next day you go out and get your 501c3 <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to have all these big brands on my board. You have these big ideas. And it's not that that can't happen, but maybe a first step would be email uh, an executive director at a nonprofit that's similar to what you're trying to do and ask them for advice. Mm -hmm. Send an email. That's it. That's step one. That's step (laughs) one. So start with a small action that can be completed in maybe 15 minutes Mm -hmm. instead of trying to just completely change your life in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, The third step is to continually fix your eyes on God. And the way that I encourage people to do that is by daily interaction with the Bible, with the word, um, daily journaling. I know a lot of people don't like to journal, but um, it's just a way to free yourself and just write whatever you're you're going through. Mm-hmm. You can write a love letter to God or you can just make a list of whatever problems you have on your brain. You can even of, say, I don't even know what to write right now. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what to think. But mm-hmm. essentially, when you read Psalms like David, he's just writing these, you know, songs about I, I'm crying out to God. Everybody's left me. <laughs> I'm scared. You know, he's, yeah. it's over, over and over again. That's essentially what he's doing. And so I think those three steps will help you get on that path. So first of all, just identify that fear, recognize that it's fear that's talking to you. Mm-hmm. Secondly, focus on a small action item that you can take. And third, just fix your eyes on God. Mm-hmm. I think those are great. Step one, step two, step three. Okay, I'm ready. I'm starting. (laughs) Start with something small. (laughs) Well, I think your book is a great way for people to start that, to to do that. So the book, again, is titled Faith Beats Fear. And if people want it, they can find it on Amazon. Yep. And um, faithbeatsfear.com. Faithbeatsfear.com. And that's where you can also get the T-shirt. Absolutely. And if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook under Lakeisha Poole Wright. They can find me on Instagram under Lakeisha Poole, and they can find me on Twitter under just Lakeisha. Just and that's Lakeisha. Poole with an E. Correct. Yes, Poole with an E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and cool. and you've got a Facebook community. Is that? That's the Faith Beats Fear community, and it, it is open to anyone. Um, it aligns with the book, and the, the point of that is to continue the conversation beyond the book, because yeah. I do feel like it's great to be in a community of other believers and people encouraging you to yeah. continue on your faith walk, because it it... it it takes dedication and commitment to focus on that daily interaction with the word and um, with God. So, yeah. And I think that a lot of our listeners are women and we have so many voices speaking into our lives right now all the time about Mm -hmm. who we should be and what we should be doing and where we should be spending our time and how we should look and oh my goodness, all the things. And I think that having something that's clear, that's consistent with the word that is, um, absolutely true um in a in a world full of lies is so valuable and I love all the things that you post and I'm so grateful for you you. (laughs) and I appreciate you spending this time with us today is there anything else that you want our listeners to know no I will just say you know the the book, it has fictional stories in it. And one of my friends said, I think you invented a new genre. I don't know if I did. I haven't <laughs> been able to find anybody who put together fiction and a devotional. But I hope that when people read it, they begin to see themselves or see people 
in you know in in the book because the main the narrator is an older woman and I mean when I read the book I just feel like she's like my aunt and she's giving me a hug yeah and so I'm hoping <laughs> that you know when you when you read it you can just feel that warmth and hear that voice and know that you know if you just keep faith that you will make it oh, I love that I love that. Well, thank you again for joining us today, Lakeisha. We have enjoyed so much this conversation, and I know that people are going to be really, really encouraged. Thank you. And thanks, Dee, as always, for being the other side of my coin and um, really um, contributing so much to the show, especially helping make sure we sound great. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) And, of course, we have one question we end every show with, so I'm going to ask you the question, what do you think? What's the one thing you're going to do to be healthier today? So today, all right, we all have that cabinet where we put all of the plastic wear. I want to say Tupperware, but I don't have Tupperware. I have like assorted plastic wear. (laughs) And it's at the point now where you open it and you have to like throw a hand up. (laughs) So I'm going home and I'm going to organize the uh, plastic wear cabinet. Good for you. <laughs> that is a, that. I think that'll take in my house. That would take the rest of the day. Yeah, it's gonna take a while. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what about you, Lakeisha? Is there something you're gonna do? I'm getting a massage. <gasps> right. Oh, so I mean, I feel like a lot of times people treat massages as this luxury, but that's my thing. Like that's part of my 360 uh, taking care of myself. It's my one hour where I don't have to think about anybody else except for myself. It's quiet. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. Well, for me, today is Saturday. We're recording on a Saturday. And for me, Saturday is usually a prep day. So I'm going to be doing some meal prep. I've already done some vegetable prep, so I'm a little ahead of the game. So today I'm going to be doing some meal prep for the rest of the week because we got a busy week coming up. So thanks so much to everybody for listening today. We're so glad that you joined us. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show and to give us some feedback. Um, So you guys have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time on the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Hey, girls, this is Sherry again. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and take a minute to write a review. It really helps other people find the show. And if you enjoy the content, share it with your favorite girlfriends. Dee and I want this to be an opportunity for you to be part of the conversation. So we're adding an Ask the Dietitian feature. To do that, we need your questions. Please send those to us at southernfriedgirlfriends at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear your questions and comments. Thanks again for being part of this journey with us.